Welcome to LJRE Podcast, podcasting with the real estate experts. As you may know, our aim with this series of podcasts is to pull back the curtain on the real estate brokerage business and do a pretty deep dive into who some of the unsung heroes are, are there out there in the business. Um, because brokerage sales is it really is a team effort. And as I would like to say, it takes a village to get the deal done in this particular industry. So if you're investing in an income property or purchasing your first home or refinancing uh, or just researching an opportunity or looking to build a career in real estate, it's really important to get a peek into what all these experts really do and what they bring to the table. So in this episode, we are going to talk about title. A critical factor in every transaction, title is one of the main pillars of real estate sales and acquisitions, but having clear title or curing a cloud on title or breaking down a preliminary title report, all those expressions that we're going to talk about can be a very daunting process. You can't just assume that because someone owns a property that they're in fact the true owners of that property. As, a, as the old proverb says, there's many a slip between cup and lip. Or in other words, don't count your chickens before they've hatched. So as ever, I'll be looking at the process through the lens of wealth building in real estate, but this applies to all of you out there, whether you're buying your first home or investing in real estate. And most importantly, I think that when it comes to grappling with some of the more complicated aspects of real estate transactions, it pretty much starts with a relationship, a relationship built on trust and working with people you like and that you want to hang out with. So my guest today is a remarkable woman who I've had the pleasure of knowing personally and working with professionally for a few years now. She is always so helpful, so cheery, so positive, so driven. She works tirelessly for us realtors to ensure that the title process in all of our transactions goes as smoothly as possible, and I consider her really part of my team. So, Miss Heidi Gottlieb with North American Title, welcome. Uh, thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Um, I, I'm honored. I love working with you as well. Thank you. So, what got you into this? I, I was reading in your bio that uh, it's almost 20 years since you got into this business. That's, it, a, that's a long time. What yeah. got you into the business? Um, honestly, I fell into it. It was something I was not aware of. It was something that I thought I would just be in for a second. I was um, offered the opportunity when I got laid off from one of my other companies as I was a processor for a commercial real estate company. Um, my office happened to be closed down. The title representative who used to call in my office told me he thought I should do what he did. Got me a job, and uh, here I am, uh, almost, like you said, almost 20 years later. Wow. So it is like a little secret career. And so, so tell, you're, you're now with North American Title. Tell us about North American Title. Who are they? So North American Title is one of the larger title companies. There's many title companies, but North American happens to be one of the larger ones. We're owned by Lennar Development. It's one of the largest apartment builders in California, in the, in the United States. And they've got a great support team. They um, have long longevity with the employees that work there. Almost everyone has been there 10, 20 years. I'm kind of the newbie, only being there a little bit over four. And it's just a great support. They do really great business and uh, small claims, which is also something I was looking for. <laughs> Very cool. So um, 
I've been using North American Title for a few years now, and, and they're awesome and, and always very thorough. Uh, but but let's let's step back for a second. You know, broad brushstrokes. What is title? Because it's not simply limited to just issuing like an insurance policy on a property, right? So Correct. so what 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 is title? So title is making sure the owner of the property is the owner of the property. We want to make sure that there are all the parties that signed the contract to sell the house equal out to the property owners that we have on the vesting of the title report. Our job is to make sure that those people who own the property, when they're in the selling process, have cleared up all of their loans against the property, all of their personal judgments against the property. Everything is paid off and cleared before transferring to the new ownership. And our job is to ensure that that happens. So it's an insurance. It's kind of like big picture. It's an, it's an insurance Yes. We are insuring process. the property for the new buyer that when they purchase the property, it will only be their information and their, their monies on this house. That the old people, the people that just sold and moved away, their, their information has now been paid off, cleared up, and we're ensuring that the new buyer is just for them. Gotcha. So um, now I always do a title on every property, every transaction, but as you know, a lot of my business is focused around helping clients you know, build wealth through real estate. And so it's typically kind of more about residential income property, and it's very analytical when it comes to deals. Like all of my clients do the deep dive on every single deal, and but when they... When they do that, they kind of there's many other factors as well. So they're looking at cash flow and equity growth and, sure. and, and you know capital expenses, all these kind of things. But I was thinking today that, that I dare say it's probably even more important for residential buyers and sellers, folk that are buying homes, um, to really look carefully into this process because investors, like I said, they look into so many other areas, but 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 with a with a single family home, it's probably like one of the single most important things that, that, that you can have to have that security, right, for your Agreed. property. Yeah, it's a huge investment. Interesting. So in an ideal world, like everyone's always like doing everything at the last minute. So how soon would you want to be getting involved in a, in a transaction process? So, right. So agents all work a little bit differently. I always think that if I were an agent, I would want to run the title report as soon as I have that listing agreement signed. That listing agreement has been signed by you and your clients. We then would run the title report just to make sure that those people who signed the contract are, in fact, the owners of the property. Oftentimes, there's more than just the two parties that signed it. Sometimes there's a, a nephew or a brother that's also part of the transaction, which they forgot to tell you. Um, running the title report immediately will have that vesting of who the owners of the property, whether it be 50% interest or 30% interest. There, you just want to make sure everyone who signed the contract is indeed owner of the property. So this isn't something that someone thinks about like you know, when, when, when they're just about to get ready to make a, an offer to purchase a property. It's, it's really incumbent on the agent who's listing it to have done all that homework prior to even soliciting offers. I would think so, yes. Yeah. I would agree that that should take place first because you don't want any hiccups once you go into escrow where maybe that third party, if there is more than who signed the contract, isn't around. They may be out of the country. But you need to get that signed and acknowledged prior to opening up the escrow for just-in-case reasons. Maybe. 
And 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 what's the the so walk me through like the typical title transaction process. What's the timeline between um, getting into escrow and then providing a clear title before closing the sale? Sure. So for the title side of the of the transactions, simple for us, we order the title report, get the preliminary title report. It goes through the searching and the examining, the typing, the quality control. That typically takes about three days to have a turnaround of a preliminary title report back to the agent. The long, the longest time period for the transaction to then close is the monies involved. If there's loans to be paid off, the escrow needs to order the demands and make sure what the exact payoff amount is. Mm-hmm. And then there's the down payment for escrow and the title money to purchase this property. We need to make sure all the wires are intact. Interesting. So you work very closely with escrow in that in that sense. Absolutely. Like, you know, okay. Yeah, okay. we need escrow and title work very close with all the monies and all the recordings that need to take place and the signing of the forms that uh, make sure the documents are notarized correctly. All of that is through the quality control prior to the recording down at the county recorder's office. And, and typically, um, when you're in a real estate transaction, you have a, a contingency period for the buyer to do all their sort of investigations. And there's a ton of stuff that they have to do. They have to inspect the building. They have to get the, the general inspections done. They have, to, they have to get their loan in order, all these other things. So do you feel like sometimes title is something that they just kind of like just assume that that's all going to be fine because they're, they're focused on so many other things? Or Yeah, I think that a lot of times title is pushed to the side at that mm. point. We're not as necessary right now right. it's between the buyer and the seller to and negotiate the all those yeah exactly yeah. and exactly. then we take our we take our information from the agent and escrow give us as title we take all of our information and all of our instructions escrow basically is our communication so is there something that you do to make sure that 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 your the agent that you're working with or the or the the vendor the buyer or the seller that you're working with really understands like what is involved in your process as well? Sure, because oftentimes during the contingent period that you just said, mm-hmm. there's questions on the title report or yeah. there's questions on where the property lines are or if there's easements for electrical or you know fire lanes or fire roads. So oftentimes the buyer will have questions and will call me or my title department directly for right. answers. Which and is- what's cool about these reports is that is that they, they are very detailed and oftentimes you'll flag up like things that, that are kind of peculiar, like you might highlight them in yellow or there's a link so that you can then go and look at the links and sure. then go and look at the underlying documents and everything like that. And so is it is it your job to kind of walk them through that or, or is it kind of more like is it the job of the agent to ensure that, that their clients walk them through that or is it just the job of the client to take the initiative to read it all? A little bit of everybody. So typically speaking, we send the prelim directly to the agents and the escrow. Mm -hmm. We don't disperse anything to the buyers and sellers of the property unless we are told to. Typically, we don't deal with the buyers and sellers. We we specifically work with the agents or the escrow involved. Right. Um, But not to say that the buyers and sellers can't call us directly if they wanted to see it. But yes, we kind of we depend on escrow a lot to go over those paperwork with them at the signing of mm-hmm. all their documents. And and as we know, like everyone falls into different categories of the kind of people that they are. But but I work because I work with a lot of investors. They tend to be very detailed, detail orientated, very driven, and 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 so they'll they'll want to like 
literally look into every single element. They'll see a lien on there and they'll want to know all about it and they'll see like a, an easement on there and they'll want to know all about it. And, right. you know, so they go right back to the very beginning. But oftentimes, like going back to what we were saying before, it feels that there are so many other things when someone's buying their first home, they're worried about their loan or they're worried about like the termite report that came back or something. And, and so they don't think about like the, the, the easement that might, that might affect the, 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 the security of the property. Yeah, you know, you're right. A lot of times they, they're not knowledgeable enough mm-hmm. to know the difference either. Oftentimes we learn as we go and we don't notice anything unless there's a problem. Um, but you're correct with the termite, the appraisal is typically the, and the inspection. That's all that typically is the most important for buyers. Right. They want those to be cleared. They want those to be exactly what they envisioned. And I mean, 95% of the time, everything is absolutely fine. There is no concern with Mm -hmm. the easements or the lot lines. It's not all that common. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's more common in hillside properties Mm -hmm. or if the property is involved in the canyon, there's more things to be maybe concerned about. And in this fine country where everything is relatively new. I mean, you don't, you know, you don't right. have like major history to go back Correct. through. Correct. This isn't yeah, England. This isn't example. England. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so now switching gears for a second. So, so as you know, uh, our company is built around three pillars of um, action, community, and freedom. So I'm, I'm keen to know like what are the three things that, that kind of really drive you both personally and professionally? So, okay, so the things that drive me, I always want to do the best I can. My job is to get as many orders a day as I can, open orders, so that my job is to work with real estate agents, loan officers, attorneys. I want them to choose me when they're buying or selling any other properties. I want to go into escrow with Heidi Gottlieb, North American Title. Um, the ones that I would open up today, though, don't close for another two or three months. Mm. Just as your transactions, I don't get paid till the very end either. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a building up the pipeline. You want to consistently take that pipeline into effect. And I, too, enjoy the, the freedom of the job. I mean, I can be anywhere at any time. I can work from my phone. I can work from my surface. Um, however, with that said, I do really like my job. I love being able to have the freedom going from office to office, never tied down to one specific location. I make my own schedule, and it's it's sink or swim. I'm commission only, and it's... You're very driven. Yeah, well, thank you. You are a very driven <laughs> lady, for I, sure. I, I appreciate that. Thank you. I um, Yeah, and I, I work... It's, it's, been a, it's been somewhat of a challenge to be this far into the career, but it's been a great challenge. Um, I have two kids that are... They, I feel I'm a role model, too, and... They, um, they are understanding the business. And most people don't know what I do as grown-ups when I say I sell title insurance. And <laughs> my children, who are 10 and 12, do. And even my, my 10-year-old oh, actually is wanting to do what I do, which is that's great. Awesome. Because it's, awesome. it's a secret career that has a lot of potential. So, fa- I mean, so family is, is, I mean, as we all know in this, in this crazy dynamic world that we work and live and play in these days, you know, it's all intertwined, right? So it's, family is intertwined into your professional career is... Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, well, there's many events that I am obligated to go to, and mm-hmm. some of them are fun, and some of them are work, and there's plenty of... There's plenty of obligations where I bring my children to for other events, and 
they understand that we, you know, they, they get it. There's there's some. Big so there's events. a future generation <laughs> getting future generations of the Gottliebs getting into title. We here. hope. I mean, that's the, that would be great if they wanted to. Wow. So so I, I'm going to pick three words for you that I think that 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 my impression of you is is that you're very driven, you're very family oriented, and and you're also very about the future. It feels like you're very about like you know legacy and, and making sure that, that that you lay the groundwork. For, Making me blush. Thank so, you. There you go. I mean, so. Again, this is a whole. This could be a topic for a whole other thing. But 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 you're you're a very busy, driven, working mom. But but how do you get the live work balance right in your household? Um. So I I mean I start early and I tend to work up until the office closes. My office closes between five thirty and six. I'm always available for via cell phone, via texting, emailing. I'm always available to my clients, but there's usually not so much I can do for them after hours because my office is closed too. So I will always take my calls, but oftentimes I just respond with a follow-up in the morning. My office is closed, um, and everyone respects that. It's it's Most of my clients have a similar nature where they understand there's only so much I have capabilities of because I am in... The, in the field. Yeah. I don't work it's in the It's actually office. a very good point. It feels like for me as a realtor, you know, we have to be available 24-7 because, you know, our clients will be maybe only able to focus on their real estate like when they get back from work or whatever. But sure. but, but when I'm talking with my, you know, my chosen vendors, my team, I sort of feel like instinctively I know that, that, that your office and what your office does is more within that nine to five kind of Sure. I mean, I have uh, capabilities of doing net sheets. I have capabilities of running property profiles. But if there's some information that you're looking for through the prelim, through underlying docs or CCNRs or easements, I don't have that. I don't. So that's kind of nice. So you so you can actually you know kind of close the door on your work day. Yeah. In that sense, that's cool. Yeah. So my my kids go to school Monday through Friday, regardless, and then Saturdays and Sundays, you know, clients will call me and need Mm -hmm. me, but it's typically just for minor things, which take only a few minutes of my day and my time and. Yeah, my kids are happy to see that I'm getting the calls. <laughs> it's always a good thing when the phone rings. <laughs> exactly. So, so now let's talk about something else because what's interesting about what you do is, is that obviously when we're in escrow or preparing a listing to take out to the market, there's a ton of business to be doing on that specific transaction. Sure. But one of the coolest things about what you do and how you do it is, is, is how you support real estate agents with their careers and how you help them with their pipeline and, and growing their business. So tell us a little bit more about some of those things that, that you do that, that bring real value to, to us in the real estate profession, above sure. and beyond just the actual transaction of getting title. Right. So, well, again, thank you for saying that. Um, and quite frankly, if your business grows, my business will grow. So it's to my wanting to help you grow your business because that will benefit me as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, we've got... We, all title companies, have different access, different abilities. I do feel like my marketing is a little different. It's a a little bit more creative, need to say. I am always trying to help my clients focus on the cities that perhaps they want to market themselves Uh or when they have a new listing or when they close one of their transactions. You need to market that area. Let's go after those homeowners because... These people may be interviewing you. They're not here to see the house necessarily, but they're here to interview you as their agent for their own listing, for their mm-hmm. own home to sale. So I always try to be in touch with my agents and help them decide, do you want to work with 
You know, millennials, do you want to work with senior citizens? Are you looking to work with more investment type properties? Because I'm hoping it just rolls downhill and the more business you do, the more mm -hmm. business I'll get and then it will just bleed from there. Mm -hmm. So And and it's it's it for all of us, it's about being a resource, but you have incredible access to to a lot of incredible resources in the title business. I mean, that's kind of you know, it's it's extraordinary to me that that you can you can literally pull this data on all these different yeah. demographics and all these different kind of homeowners and everything like that. Yeah, it can get a little creepy because yeah. we can get down to the type of loans people have, when they're about to mature, I know. how old they are, their what their job is, what their income is, their ethnicities. I mean, we we can find out a lot of information about homeowners. Yeah. Um, just by running some different reports, and then you as an agent can then softly go after those people um mm -hmm. whether or not it's a affidavit of death that you received and you're knowing that someone just passed away or someone who hasn't having problems with their property tax bills mm -hmm. or just someone who's living in a small small one bedroom or a small condo and you know that they're married with kids i mean they're running out of room but now as as we're to say agents you know we can't be everything to everybody so i think one of the interesting things that we've talked a lot about is like you you helping me specifically with my targeted campaigns and then each and every agent has a very different kind of niche that they're in right. or a different kind of they specialize in different areas so what's really interesting to me is is that is that title has a, a game plan for every kind of different kind of agent in a way right yeah, well, when I speak to an agent, they want me to sit with them with their marketing. I'm happy to do so. I love this portion of my job. But yeah, I first ask them what is it that they want to focus on, or, right. and where do they where do they feel that their connection is? Are are they more connected to the senior citizens because, for whatever reason, um, or do they want to go into the investments like yourself, mm -hmm. or I what. You know, I do commercial real estate as well. I mean, commercial title for real estate agents as well. So it's there's a whole other market like mm -hmm. with with apartments and and shopping centers, even developments. It's a it's a different pool of people you want to focus on. Sure. And, and but it's it's nice. But you could take one zip code and focus on five or six different categories without leaving. If you just want to focus on that farm and break it down and know that you can send different marketing pieces and approach these people differently because right. they're in different categories of their lives yeah so and and these days getting access to this material is is so um i mean there's so much technology behind what you do now right i mean there you know, is. yeah um and where, where are you seeing that that technology going in, in your specific business like is it what are you seeing what's the future for for title when, when it comes to like technology so the technology has grown a lot in the years that i've been there um in the industry we have apps we've got programs we have a lot of things and what i'm finding is it's helping it's making the agents more resourceful mm -hmm. but it's also making me more of a valued you know part of the team because so many of my agents don't want to learn it they just want me to do it for them which right. is i have no i love it no problem at all send me what you want me to do and i'll take care of it um so it makes it easier for me too because there's plenty of things i can do after hours or on the weekends which allows me the value part. I mean, I have clients who just don't want to learn the system. They want me to, like, your job is to sell the houses. My job is to do this. That's fine. And so it does make it a lot easier with the technology. And do you feel that, that there's a ton of technology out there, be it apps or access to phenomenal websites that you have, 
that is advancing us as real estate guys, but but in general, the real estate industry as a whole, are they technologically advanced yet or is it still kind of a little slower? It feels like such a big industry and some of it is just kind of still pretty, pretty lumpy. I think that it's a little, um, I think it's a little dangerous because the civilians of the world that are not in our real estate industry are using it and becoming more and more knowledgeable, but sometimes Mm -hmm. the information is not not accurate. Right. And so they don't want to hear that it's not accurate, even though they're reading it. The famous Zestimate. Right. The Zillow Estimate that can be completely off. Or you could do a Google search on a property and be like, (laughs) hey, it it, it seems to be fine. There's a a link that says it's owned by John Doe. You're right. And so at times it can be uh, more work for you as an agent to... Train your clients and teach your clients that this isn't, you know, the, here are the real comps. This is like uh, an animation of it. <laughs> right. Um, but in lieu of that, it also, I think, has made worlds a lot easier with a lot of these people doing their own research first where they're not wasting your time. Mm-hmm. So they know they can look at neighborhoods. They can do Google Maps. They can, so you're not driving, if you're a buyer's agent, you're not driving all over town showing them homes if right. they're able to do their own research first. It, it strikes me that the, the, the conversation you need to have with, with your clients is to say, look, it's somewhat of a meritocracy now. Like, you know, we all have access to the same materials. You can go and jump online. You can see the properties. You can Google map it. You don't need me to drive you around like you just said. But then you also need to understand the value that we do bring to the table. So then we can empower each other because you can go and do a lot of the homework beforehand to kind of figure out what it is that you want and figure out the home that you want to buy. But then, you know, at that point, then you'll need the expertise and the the specificity, if that's the right word, for for what it is that we bring to the table. And a lot of... um the, a lot of the for sale by owners have to be schooled because you know, yeah. you're not going to do your own taxes. You're not going to do your own engine work. You're going to take your right. car to a mechanic. You're going to take your taxes to your accountant. Mm-hmm. You're taking this really large investment and assuming you're going to do it too because it's your home and you know it, but you still need a professional to do it for you. There's a lot of work to be done to right. sell a home. There's a, lot of, there's, a, there's a lot of pieces in the game here. That a lot of pieces. A lot yeah. of for sale by owners don't recognize until they're in it. Exactly. So now here we are in California and more specifically LA, big, big city, one of the mega cities. Um, Is there anything that that you're seeing out there in the sort of broader, wider economy or the political landscape that that would affect your business here in California or or is kind of California a unique situation, would you say? I think we're, um, I think we're unique. I think we're very blessed. (laughs) Los Angeles on its own is a very blessed little city. There's People always coming to L.A. and leaving L.A. for different reasons. Um, Politically sensed, I think that there's things that do change the industry, um, but we're all in the same boat. All of the title companies here in the state of California are all regulated by the insurance commissioner. So when something changes, it doesn't really affect just one of us. It affects all of us, and we everyone just adapts to it because there's no nothing we can do about it. Oftentimes, we didn't even get to vote on it, let alone be a part of it. Um, and Los Angeles, you know, even when times were hard, we were still doing okay. I mean, we, we weren't doing great, but we weren't as bad as other places of California, definitely other places of the country and the world. I think we're a, a blessed little city. I mean, we've, we have a lot and of... And again, different- relatively speaking, we're a young city, so, that, so there's not a lot of difficult history to kind of get through True. as far as title is concerned. You know, there's... there's 
there's newer construction as well, which is a different beast, and we'll talk about that in a second. But but there's not the kind of the maybe on the east coast. I don't know. I'm guessing, but I'm, I imagine it would be a lot more complicated maybe with some of these, you know. New York style apartment buildings are all split up into multiple different owners and you know tons of different you know yeah. a lot of the history a lot of u- different uses a lot of different you know aspects on title whereas California it's relatively speaking again it's you know there's a lot to it but it seems like it's a house and it's kind of it's on a <laughs> lot and it's kind of all part of a tract and it's kind of all sure. you know um, relatively simple comparatively. I'm not- I'm not all that familiar with the East Coast either. I'm from Los Angeles, California, <laughs> but this is all I know. But yeah, I mean, it is, I, I believe that the our, our homes and our condo buildings and all of that, if anything, it's the new construction or it's the track homes, like you said. I mean, an old home for us is 100 years. Right. And, you know, if, if it's that, that isn't that old and there's not that that doesn't mean anything right? Right. it just means it's an old home maybe it needs new you know drywall or something but But you can pretty much track down like who the owners are and go back to the beginning of time on that particular property and it's it's easier in that it's easier however um still a lot of times back that far is microfiche it does take time and it does get quite expensive okay but um but yeah i mean it's again it's not it's not as old as maybe the east coast and we're we're newer here (laughs) So so okay so so let's let's have a, a little bit of fun here. So go from like the sublime to the ridiculous. So okay. paint me the 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 picture perfect deal for you where everything just went went swimmingly and it was a it was a breeze and it was easy and everybody was happy. What what tell me about that that transaction and and uh, okay. So I would say most of the transactions that I'm involved with are fairly easy. You have the one owner of the property. You know, married man is a source of a property, or a single man, or, or even a husband and wife is joint tenants. They've got one loan with a bank, mm-hmm. uh, whether it be Wells Fargo, Bank of America, Citibank, but not a private party, not, not a Luke Jones, for example. Um, and they've lived there for 10 plus years, and they're just transferring title to Heidi Gottlieb. And Heidi Gottlieb's going to get a loan with Wells Fargo. I mean, that's just the easiest of everything. I mean, it's just everything is takes usually about 30 days from opening to closing and mm-hmm. everything's extremely easy. The right. appraisal comes in easy. The termites fine. The everyone's happy. The sellers are happy, the buyers are happy. The agents get along, you know, and there's no conflicts anywhere. That's the best. And so so what is it in in that kind of deal and wouldn't we all love to be working on any of those kind of <laughs> deals, right? But but what is it about that deal would you say that that, that makes it easy? Is it um, a lot of times when a seller is selling the property, just to making it very simple, is never you know, being organized, never being late on their payments, never mm-hmm. having any kind of credit problems. Uh, that's a huge thing that could hiccup something with them you know, selling their home with you know, the profit of their, of their net when they sell the home. And then the buyer, you want to make sure the buyer has also, if they're getting a loan, that they've got good credit scores and they're organized because... Sometimes the loan contingency holds everything up. But if someone's getting a loan and buying a house and they're, you know, you know, 800 credit score and they've got their 20% down payment and the rest is going to be a loan with Wells Fargo or Bank of America or Citibank or whomever, it's a very easy transaction. Right. And as they have their tax returns in order, they, they know what they're doing. So a lot of times 
the buyer is more significant with their paperwork than the sellers with their paperwork. Interesting. And escrow and title, just communicate and get it done. And it could be as fast as two weeks to as long as 60 days. It all depends on how fast everyone gets their paperwork in order and how quickly the banks want to lend the money. So being organized, be be kind of like ahead of the curve, get all your affairs in order when you're ready to sell, like make sure that you've kept a record of everything and, and just generally good at kind of like housekeeping. Yeah, absolutely. That right. does help. And if you are a buyer and you are trying to purchase something, pay off those credit card bills. Get you know, pay off that car lease. Try and get as less as less debt as you have. So a bank looks at you as an A quality person where they want to give you money and they want to loan it to you because they see, oh, you've got a good credit history. You've never been late on anything and you, you've you paid down so many of your credit cards. Like, we want to lend you money because you're responsible. So it's, yeah. So, they, okay, so let's go to the ridiculous. Give me an example of, like, the worst oh. case scenario. <laughs> like, like what is it that, that is a complete cluster when it comes to, like, picking your way through a really difficult deal. Yeah, so sometimes there's some difficult deals when there's uh, new construction mm-hmm. and there's uh, mechanics liens that pop up. With so what's con- a mechanics lien? mechanics lien would be someone who did work on the property, a contractor, an electrician, a plumber, and they didn't get paid properly. Oh. So then they those individual people can put a lien against the property. Right. And as a title company, we're an actual insurance company. So now we're ensuring that the property is going to be free and clear, and a mechanics lien pops up, it's attached to the house, not the individual. So the individual of that seller can leave, the new buyer comes on, that electrician still deserves to get paid. Right. So we are ensuring that everyone's paid off before this new buyer who didn't do any of the work, who is buying the work, the professional work that's been done, that it's our job as an insurance company so that we don't have a claim later Gotcha. For this. So mechanics lien, that, that's something quite typical, obviously, with newer construction. But Correct. then what about, like, a, a really tough deal that isn't new construction, like an older, an older property? Would it be, like, multiple family members and, and different trustees and, yeah, and so different loans, like maybe a second and a third and a private loan and all kinds of messy stuff like that? Well, yeah, so sometimes the properties are in trusts. That's mm-hmm. very common. Um, the trust we need a copy of. And that's oftentimes something very difficult to get. Yes. People cannot find it if the person has... Missing signatures on... Or on, someone's yeah, died. Someone's died. You'd need the affidavit of death. Correct. And, um, and, then and we that's awkward a, for real estate agents. I mean, I've been there. That's, yeah. that's really tough when you go, listen, it's great that you want to sell your house and we have a great willing and able buyer, but, but, but Uncle Sam or whatever popped his clogs a few years back and, and you know, where's the affidavit of death? Right. And they're and like, then, I don't know. You know. And now there's six heirs. Yeah. And who's in charge? Right. So we need to find out who's in charge of the trust. If, oh, if we need six signatures or some. Sometimes if it's a um, if if it's a trust set up that you only need one signature required yep. for power the of attorney kind of thing, right? Yeah. But we would need a trust. We would need to actually see a copy of the trust to verify all this to Indeed. make sure. Yeah. And then oftentimes, if there are six people involved, we would need at least need them to acknowledge the sale of the property, mm-hmm. make sure they all want to sell the property. Right. It's not a done deal if just one person's in charge of the signatures we would need the other five parties to acknowledge it oftentimes these people are not available we've had situations where they're in jail or they're out of the country or they just can't be found and no one's spoken to this person right. in several years or the family's fallen out and there's yeah. major problems with communication and so that's a problem <clears throat> it's also something that comes up with divorces um if there's a divorce 
you want to make sure at that time of divorce, before that divorce decree is stamped on whoever gets the home, to have the other party sign an affidavit at that point saying that they have no interest in the house mm-hmm. because that could hold up things So too. again, doing things ahead of time, like and get yes. organized. Being organized, being things ahead of time. Um, things that you don't think are going to be a problem are sometimes problems. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And so if it, so if you could if you could point to one thing that, that that tricky deal should have done in order to make it easier, it would I'm guessing it would be just get more organized. Yeah, get just more. be aware. I mean, a lot of times it's not their fault that right. they just don't know to be organized about these things. You mm-hmm. don't you don't think about it, especially if there's a trust that you may or may not even know about. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to school the parties who are preparing this trust so that they, everyone's on the same page and. If, God forbid, something should happen or a death or a sale, that everyone is aware who's involved. If you're going to put your trust together and you're putting people in charge of your trust, make those people aware that they're needing to be a part of this if something should happen. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, organization Organization. Key. So we talked a lot about organization. So now, like, one other thing. So if you, if you, could, if you could tell your clients one thing, apart from be organized, <laughs> that they need to do to prepare for success... Actually, let's make this two-part question. Okay. So for us real estate professionals, what do, we, what do I need to do to prepare for success? What okay. would you tell me? I would say never stop marketing yourself. Constantly never stop marketing. marketing yourself. We, I think you and I are a dime, a dime a dozen. I think there's a lot of agents out there, more than there are title reps. I think that the key is just continue marketing yourself. I know a lot of agents don't want to spend the money. But I believe in the long run it does pay off. I've seen other agents that do spend the money and they're the ones that are continuing with their pipeline. Mm-hmm. Um, and stay in touch with the past clients. That's another thing is a lot of agents forget to stay in touch with past clients and those past clients will forget because it's out of sight, out of mind. It's not right. no hard feelings. It's just people forget. So you, so you would tell the real estate professionals that you work with, like myself, like focus on marketing, always stick with it, have a very solid marketing plan. What would you tell um, your vendors, I mean your customers out there, you know, the, the home buyers of this world? What do they need to do to prepare for success? My home buyers? Um, well, I, I too also tell my, the people who buy the homes and they're living there, I, I also send them something because I want them in the future to use me for title. They can choose whomever they want to choose when they refinance their property. If in time when they're selling their property, they can choose who they want to use. So I in touch, stay in touch with them, but most of my clientele are you as agents. Um, and I too do my own marketing to be in touch because I think I think I could be out of sight, out of mind as well, just sure. as easily. I mean, you want to be in touch. So you, so you work with us, typically it's a, it's a kind of B2B business model in the sense that you work with the real estate professionals. But, but like I said, um, sorry if I confuse you, but, but if, if you were asked, if you were going to tell a home buyer something, just in a conversation at a party, and you say, I'm a title rep, and they're like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> but if you said, if you said I'll, I'll give you one tip to be successful in your... Over. home buying process what would, would you tell them i would tell them to keep their their files accurate i would say keep this you should have one folder just for that sale of the property if you ever refinance get a separate folder just for that refinance and if you're going to have any kind of a trust agreement or any kind of a god forbid a divorce or anything of that nature have another file but keep them all together so when it does come time for you to move on and sell this home you have everything together you can hand it right away 
and be as organized as you can. So you said organized again, but that's it. fair enough. So, so here's so, it's so, a big thing. It's a big thing. So, so okay, the big takeaway that we can take from this conversation is that it's just super important for all of us to be super organized in the single most important transaction you'll probably ever do in your life, buying a home or investing in real sure. estate. Um, it makes things simpler. Simpler. That's great. Heidi, thank you so much for taking the time to sit down with us today on Luke Jones Real Estate, podcasting with the real estate experts. Thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure. And stay dry out there. I I think it's still raining. I, I believe it is. Yes, I'll do my best. Thank you. Thank you so much.